It was a pleasure to see things burn, to see things blackened and changed. The brass nozzle in his fists, this great python spitting its venomous kerosene on the world. He flicks the igniter and the house jumps in a fire that burns the evening sky red and yellow and black. He strides in a swarm of fireflies. I can't, no. I can't, I can't. The pigeon-winged books die on the porch and the lawn, rise in sparkling whirls and scatter on a wind turned dark with burning. 451. Fahrenheit, 451. It's the temperature of the book, paper. It's the temperature of the... Fahrenheit, 451. The temperature that book paper catches fire and burns that... that ah, ah, ah. Oh, sorry. Hello. Hello. Sorry, I thought you'd seen me. That's all right. You seem to pop up out of nowhere. Surprised to see anyone out this late. I suppose it is. You're the new neighbour, aren't you? And you're the fireman. Oh, well, don't make it sound like that. I'd have known it with my eyes closed. Oh, you mean the smell of kerosene? Mm. Yes, my wife's always complaining. It never really goes. Doesn't it? But you get used to it. I hardly notice it anymore, just a faint fragrance-like perfume. Are you going home from work now? Yes, that's right. Do you mind if I walk back with you? Not at all. My name's Clarice, Clarice McClellan. Guy Montag. Happy to meet you. I'm happy to meet you, too. What are you doing out so late, anyway? How old are you? Stop a moment. What? Smell the strawberries. What strawberries? Fresh strawberries. Or just the faintest breath. It's impossible. It's too late in the year. Can't you smell them? Yes, I think I can. That's very odd. To come back to your question, I'm 17 and crazy. Oh, what? My uncle says they go together. When people ask your age, he says, say 17 and crazy. And your first question... Oh, I've forgotten what it was. Why I'm out here. I like to walk at night. I like to smell things and look at things, and sometimes I walk all night and watch the dawn. Seventeen and crazy. Your uncle's got a point. Do you ever see the dawn? Uh, I, I suppose I must, if I've been working all night. But then I'm so tired I hardly notice. You know, I'm not afraid of you at all. Well, why should you be? A lot of people are. Afraid of the fireman, I mean. And Well, you do look quite sinister in your <laughs> uniform. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just a man, after all. Mm -hmm. Do you ever read any of the books you burn? <sighs> That's against the law. Yes, yes, of course. Monday, Milton. Wednesday, Wordsworth. Friday, Forster. Burn them to ashes, then burn the ashes. That's our official slogan. Is it true that once upon a time... Mm -hmm. Well, that once... Firemen put out fires instead of starting them. But houses are fireproof. They've always been fireproof. Always? Yes, of course. Strange. I heard once that houses used to burn by accident, and it was the fireman's job to put them out and save the people and the books. 
Oh. <laughs> Why do you laugh when I haven't been funny? Why don't you think about what I've said? Now, look, have some respect. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be rude. Well, doesn't this badge mean anything to you? 451, yes. Hey, slow down. Oh, it's getting cold. I want to get home. Have you ever watched the jet cars racing on the boulevards on the edge of town? Yes, I've seen them. I think drivers don't know what grass is, or flowers, or trees, because they never see them slowly. Isn't that funny? And sad. You think strange things, don't you? Oh, I never watch the parlour walls, or racing cars, or go to the fun parks, so I've lots of time for crazy thoughts. Have you ever seen the dew on the grass in the morning? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, yes, I suppose I must have done. Here we are, home. What's going on in there? Thank you for letting me walk with you, Mr Montag. All your lights are on. What's happening? Oh, my parents and my uncle just sitting around talking. What? It's like being a pedestrian, just as rare. My uncle was arrested for being a pedestrian. But what do they talk about? Good night. Are you happy? Am I what? Good night. Montag put his hand into the glove hole of his front door and let it know his touch. The door slid open. Happy? Of course I'm happy. He stood looking at the ventilator grill in the hall and suddenly remembered that something lay hidden behind it, something that seemed to peer down at him now. He moved his eyes quickly away and looked at a blank wall. The girl's face was there, really quite beautiful in memory. Astonishing. What a strange meeting on a strange night. He remembered nothing like it save one afternoon a year ago when he had met an old man in a park and they had talked. Millie? Millie? The bedroom was like the cold, marbled vault of a mausoleum after the moon had set. His wife lay stretched out on the bed, uncovered and cold like the body displayed on the lid of a tomb. In her ears, the little seashells, the thimble radios were tamped tight, and an electronic ocean of sound, music and talk and music and talk, broke on the shores of her mind. Millie? I'm going to turn on the light. Millie? Wake up! Oh, God. Millie! Millie, please, wake up. Emergency. Quickly, get me to the hospital. Yes, I want to report a suicide attempt. Yes, my wife. An overdose. I saw the pill bottle by the bed. It was empty and I, I just knew... Look, will she be all right? Oh, yeah, fine. Just a routine job. Pump the stomach and change the blood. Oh, yes, I see. And that's why we've got these two gadgets. I see. Uh, that thing looks like a snake. No point in cleaning out the stomach if you leave the blood. The blood goes to the brain, and if it's poisoned, bang, hits it like a mallet. Look, stop it. I was just explaining. Right, finished. That'll be uh, 50. Can you uh, sign here? Thanks. Look, are you sure she'll be all right? Oh, yeah, sure. I do a dozen of these a night. Look, I've got all the poison in these containers here. 
can't get to her now. Look, why don't they send a doctor out on these cases? You're not a qualified doctor, and I'd feel much happier For if God's there was a sake, doctor. she doesn't need a doctor. I've told you, it's routine. It's like unblocking a drain. Oh, look, I've got to go. If you need me, you know what to do. Keep her quiet, she's under sedation. She'll wake up hungry and a little sore. So long, I'll see myself out. Millie. 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 Good morning. Oh, thank God, there you are. You weren't in bed when I woke up. I was worried. What? Sorry, I can't hear you. It's the morning music show. Millie, will you turn the seashell off? Hey, what's the matter? Did you get out of bed the wrong side this morning? Look, can you take those things out of your ears just for a while? You listen to them all day and night. What? Can we talk? I'll turn them down. How's that? Then I can listen to you and the radio. Now, what were you saying? Millie, how do you feel this morning? Strange. I've got a kind of stomachache, but I'm hungry as hell. Did we have a party last night? Oh, well, I came home. Do you want some toast? I'm going to have another piece. I can't stop eating. Oh, yes, yes, thank you. I'll set the programme. Last night, I, I came home... I can't remember. I couldn't have slept very well. Did I do anything stupid at the party? Millie, last night, when I came home... Wait! Wait, there's that record I just love on the radio. Just let me turn it up. Oh, it's heavenly. You know, it's the music they use for that commercial. Oh. Da, 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 da. Guy, where are you going? What about your toast? Millie! Millie, I'm going to work now. Right. Well, have a nice day. Millie, before I go, I want Why to say something. That? I could hear you. You took all the pills in your bottle last night. Don't be silly. The bottle was empty. I wouldn't do that. Well, maybe you took two and then you forgot and took two more and it made you dopey, so you kept on. You took them all. Why would I do something like that? I don't know. Look, Guy, won't you be late for work? What are you doing this afternoon? Watching a play in the parlour walls. It's what I always do. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. I got my part in the post this morning. You send in packet tops. It's a new thing. They write the script with one part missing. See? That's me, uh. the homemaker. When it comes to my lines, they all look at me out of the walls and say, What do you think, Helen? And I say, I think that's fine. I've got a few more lines later on. Isn't that fun, Guy? It really is fun. What's the play about? I told you. These people, Bob and Ruth and Helen. Oh. Well, goodbye, dear. Goodbye. Enjoy the play. Does it have a happy ending? Oh, yes, of course. They all have happy endings. Oh. 
Hello. Oh, hello. Still crazy? <laughs> yes, I suppose so. Where are you going? To see my psychiatrist. What? <laughs> they make me go. I invent things to say. He tells me I'm an onion. Oh. <laughs> I keep him busy peeling back the layers. Yes, well, I'm inclined to believe you need that psychiatrist. Do you mean that? Ah, uh, no, 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 I don't. He wants to know why I go out in the forest and watch the birds. It's not normal, he says. And what do I do with the time I take off from school? Well, I tell him I just sit and think, but I don't tell him what. <laughs> You're seventeen. So? You know, my wife's thirty, and yet you seem so much older at times. It's very strange. You're strange yourself, Mr. Montag. Sometimes I even forget you're a fireman. Can I ask you something? Go ahead. How did you get into it, being a fireman? You're not like the others. Oh, I've seen one or two, and but you're very different. When I talk, you look at me. Last night, when I mentioned the moon, you looked at it. Well, the others would never do that, and they'd walk off, or they wouldn't even see me, or they'd threaten me. You put up with me. That's why I think it's so odd that you're a fireman. It doesn't seem right for you somehow. The mechanical hound slept but did not sleep, lived but did not live in its gently vibrating kennel in a dark corner of the firehouse. Lights flickered on its nylon-brushed nostrils. Its eight legs spidered under it on rubber-padded paws. At night, when things got dull, which was every night. The firemen set the ticking combinations of the hound and set loose rats in the firehouse yard, and sometimes chickens or stray cats, and they would be betting to see which the hound seized first. The animals were turned loose. Three seconds later, the game was done. The rat, cat, or chicken caught halfway across the yard, gripped in gentling paws, while the ten-centimeter steel needle plunged down from the muzzle of the hound to inject massive jolts of morphine or procaine. The pawn was tossed into the incinerator. A new game began. Montag approached the hound. Now, no, get back! Get back! No, get back! No, get back! Having trouble with the hound, uh, Montag? Maybe I'd better use the master key. Uh. Glad you came, Captain Beater. I don't think it likes me. Well, the hound doesn't like or dislike. It just functions. We set the target and it follows through. Home kills and cuts off. It's only batteries, microchips, and electricity. So why was it growling like that? Do you know? I think if you hadn't come along, look, its calculators can be set at any combination. Amino acids, glandular secretions, right? Yes. What about it? Well, the chemical balances on all of us here in the firehouse are on the master file upstairs. It'd be easy for someone to to to, to program the hound with a partial combination. Oh, Montag. Just enough to make it angry, to make it growl, but not kill. Oh, come on, who'd do that? You haven't got any enemies here, have you, Guy? Well, not that I know of. It's just a coincidence. Well, this isn't the first time. Last month it happened twice. Well, we'll fix it. Don't worry. Now come upstairs. We're playing cards. You look worried, Guy. What's the matter? Have you got a guilty conscience? Why is it I feel I've known you for such a long time? Seems like years. 
Because I like you, and I don't want anything from you. Sometimes you make me feel old. Thanks. Oh, no, no. I mean, well, like a father. So why haven't you had any daughters like me, then, if you love children so much? Oh, well, I don't know. You don't know? You're joking. Well, my wife never wanted to have children. I'm sorry. I thought... Well, I thought you were laughing at me. I'm a fool. Oh, no, no, it's a good question. It's been a long time since anyone cared enough to ask. Well, let's talk about something else. Have you ever smelled old leaves? Hmm? Here. Smell. <laughs> right. What does it remind you of? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. What is it? Cinnamon, doesn't it? Yes, you're right. Yes, in a way it does. You always look shocked when you find out something new. <laughs> and your laugh sounds much nicer than it did. Oh, does it? Much more relaxed. Why aren't you at school? I've seen you every day for the past week just wandering round. Oh, they don't miss me. They say I'm antisocial. I don't mix. What? You're the most social person I've ever met. Well, it depends what you mean. Well, social to me means talking about, well, the things that we've talked about these past few days. I don't think it's social if you get a bunch of people together and not let them talk. Do you? No, I, I, I suppose not. Well, that's what it's like in school. It's all video teachers now. Not like when I first started. No chance to discuss or ask questions. Well, they pour facts into us like we were bottles to be filled. Well, they're not. We're more like funnels, and it just runs out the other end. Well, by the end of the day, most of us can't do anything but go to the fun park or race cars around the streets or sit in front of the parlour walls. Oh, you sound very old. Sometimes I'm afraid of kids my own age. In the past year, friends of mine have been shot or they've died in car wrecks or they've killed themselves. I don't think it's always been like this. No. No, I don't think it has. People don't talk anymore. Oh, that's not true. But they don't say anything. Well, they name cars or clothes and things like that, and they say how wonderful. But they all say the same. And most of them have got seashell radios in their ears, and they're listening to the music all the time. They don't give anything to each other. No. No, I suppose you're right. For the next few days, as many times as Montag came out of the house, Clarice was there in the world. He saw her shaking a walnut tree. He saw her knitting a blue sweater. He found late flowers on his porch, a handful of chestnuts, or some autumn leaves pinned neatly to his door. And every day she walked him to the corner. And then Clarice was gone. He waited for her, but there was no sign. Two or three times he almost turned to walk back to give her time to appear... But always the train arrived and took him into work. Oh, come on, Montag. You playing or dreaming? Oh. Um, one card. No, I was thinking about that fire last week. What happened to the man, Captain Beatty? They took him to the asylum. <laughs> Two cards. But he wasn't insane. Anyone's crazy thinks he can fool the government. Uh, I'll take one card. Look, have you ever tried to imagine how it would feel? 
And have firemen burn our houses and our books? We haven't got any books. No, but if we did have... Have you got books, Montag? Oh, no. No, of course not. Are we playing poker or not? Was it always like this? Hmm? Our work? You know, someone told me that once upon a time... Once upon a time? What kind of talk is that, Montag? The firemen didn't start fires, they stopped them. Come on, Montag, don't be ridiculous. Let's play cards. It's your turn, we're going to be... Oh. Okay, let's go. I'll activate the hound. Montag, don't forget your helmet. In the past, it had always been like snuffing a candle. The police went in first and removed the victim, so when you arrived, you found an empty house. No people to deal with, only things. You were simply cleaning up. But now, tonight, the woman was spoiling the ritual. No, 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 you won't. You won't. As Montag climbed the stairs, books bombarded his shoulders, his arms, his upturned face. A book alighted almost obediently, like a dove in his hands. In the dim light, a page hung open, and in all that rush and fervour, Montag had only an instant to read a line, but it blazed in his mind. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. Montag's hands shook as he thrust the book inside his uniform. Montag, don't just stand there. No! We'll deal with her later. Stoneman, have you got the kerosene? Hey, Captain. Pump it out then. Spray it on. Don't everything. While the book's up in the stairwell. Oh, no. Oh, you can't ever hurt my phone. No, come on now. That's it. Now, come on down. I won't hurt you. Drench them all. Please. Please. Don't destroy my Books. You know the law. Besides, none of these books agree with each other. You've been locked up for years in a tower of Babel. Oh, Montag, take her oh, out. Come on, come on. This will do no good. No. Now, please, please, no. come out with no. me. No, no. The whole house is gone. Get away oh. from me. Captain, she won't come. We don't have time. Force her. Look, will you come? No. I, I, I want to stay here. Oh, no. Captain Beatty, she's got a match. Stoneman, get out! Yes, sir. Montag, come on! There's nothing we can do, Montag! Oh, please, uh, don't. I, I won't leave the books. Play the man, Master Ridley. What? We shall this daylight such a candle by God's grace in England as I trust shall never be put out. Montag, for God's sake! Come on! Oh! 
Master Ridley. What's that, Montag? She said Master Ridley. Just before she died. Play the man. Um, something, something I can't remember. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as I trust shall never be put out. What? You know it? A man named Latimer said it to a man named Nicholas Ridley as they were being burned alive for heresy in Oxford in 1555. I'm full of bits and pieces. Most fire captains have to be. Sometimes I surprise myself. Watch it, Stoneman. Damn it! You can't ride by the corner where we turn for the fire house. Who do you think? Put on the light. It's okay, I don't need it. I can't see you. What are you doing? Nothing. Getting into bed. Hmm. Thought I made your bed for you. You did. Go to sleep, Millie. Sorry I woke you up. The book from the burned house lay hard and solid under Montag's pillow. Far across the room, on a winter island separated by an empty sea, Millie switched over to her seashell radio and started talking. She talked to Montag for what seemed a long time, about this and about that, and it was only empty words, like a child building patterns, talking jargon, making pretty sounds in the air. Montag said nothing. And after a long time, he fell into a sleep, shallow, dream-filled, and disturbed. You happy? Report a suicide death. Blood goes to the brain. Five one. Four five one. Poisoned. Bang. You happy? Of course. They all have happy. Monday, Milton. Wednesday, Wordsworth. Friday, Forster. Burn them to ashes, then burn the ashes. Have you got books, Montag? Four, five. Are you happy? Four, five. Took all the pills in your bottle. I think that's fine. Four, five, one. Four, five, one. Smell of kerosene. It never really goes. Have you got books? You shall this daylight such a candle. Light such a candle. Such a candle. Four, five, four, five, one. Uh, guy, guy, wake up. What's the matter? Millie, Millie, do you have to have this thing in your oh, ear all the time? I like it. It's restful. Millie, you know the girl I was telling you about? Guy, give me back the seashell, the, will you? Listen, the girl next door. What girl next door? Please, I want to get back to sleep. You know, her name is Clarice. Oh, yes. I haven't seen her for four days. I was listening to the late night music. Have you seen her? Hmm? Oh, no. No. I meant to talk to you about her. She's... <laughs> she's an odd kid. Oh, I know the one you mean. I meant to tell you I forgot. Well? I think she's gone. Gone? Mm, the whole family moved away, but she's gone for good. What? I think she's dead. We, we we couldn't be talking about the same girl. Yes, that's right. McKellen, 
McClellan. Killed by a car four days ago. I'm not sure, but I heard she was dead. And the family left town. I don't know where they went. But you're not sure of this, are you? Pretty sure. Four days ago. Mm-hmm. Look, you knew she was a friend of mine. Why didn't you tell me sooner? I forgot. Four days. Guy. Guy. Yes, love. Can I have my radio back now? I want to get to sleep. You can't be sick. Well, I am. I think I've got a temperature. Would you bring me some aspirin and some water? Guy, you've got to get up. It's nearly noon. You slept five hours later than usual. Look, Millie, will you turn the parlour walls off? No, I don't want to. All those people, they're like a family to me. Will you please turn it off for a sick man? Oh, I'll turn off the sound. Ah. Uh, bring the aspirin, please. It's one of my favourite programmes. Here. Yeah, but what about the water? Okay. You were all right last night, weren't you? No, no, I wasn't. Never been sick before. Well, I'm sick now. I'm not going in today. I want you to call Captain Beatty. Did something happen last night? <sighs> Thanks. Uh, uh. Well? Just a fire, that's all. I had a nice evening. Doing what? Watching the parlour walls. Oh, what was on? Oh, you know. Programmes. What programmes? Some of my favourites. You know, the family. The family. The family, the family. Guy, for God's sake, what are you doing? God. <coughs> the smell of kerosene is suddenly overwhelming. It's a good job that rug's washable. We burned an old woman last night. With all her books. I'd better take it and put it in the machine. Millie. Millie, aren't you going to ask me about uh, it? I hope that mess comes out. Couldn't you have been Look, more... Look, we burned a thousand books last night and a woman. Well? We burned copies of Dickens and Dante and Swift and Blake. Wasn't he a radical? What? Blake. I've heard of him. He was a radical. <sighs> Millie. Look, I'm thinking of quitting my job for a while. You want to give up everything? All these years of work, because one night some woman and her books... Oh, and... you should have seen I her. I don't care. She's nothing to me. She shouldn't have had books. Millie! She knew the law. If she wanted entertainment, what's wrong with the parlour walls? You weren't there. You didn't see. Look, there must be something in books. Something, something we can't imagine. To make a woman stay in a burning house. You don't stay for nothing. She was simple-minded. She was as rational as you or I. Christ! And we burnt her. You should have thought of all this before becoming a farmer. Thought, thought, thought. Was I given a choice? My father and my grandfather were farmers, and I, I ran after them in my sleep. Don't think I'm going to ring Captain Beatty, because I'm not. Millie. You're over two hours late as it is. I shouldn't have let you stay this long. Millie, there was a man behind each one of those books. I'd never thought of that before. It takes a man years to put some of his thoughts down, perhaps a lifetime. Now, I come along with kerosene and an igniter, and it's all over in two minutes. Ah, there's no need to ring Beatty now, anyway. What do you mean? There's a fire service car just driven up. A man in a black uniform's coming up the path. Beatty? This is Montag. This is Montag. Oh, look, you, 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 you'd, you'd better go here. and let him in. 
Dan, Millie, tell him I'm sick. Montag made sure the book was well hidden behind his pillow. He climbed slowly back into bed and arranged the covers over his knees and across his chest. Well. Hello, Captain. I just thought I'd drop in and see the sick man. Well, how did you guess? I've seen it all before. You were going to call for the night off? Well, take the night off. Clever, isn't it? Million lights in one match. Million fires. When will you be well? Tomorrow, perhaps. Next day. Well, every fireman hits this sooner or later. You only need to understand what you're doing and know a bit of the history of the profession. Mrs. Montag! Turn the parlour walls off! I'm sorry, Captain Beatty. Can I get you anything? Perhaps a drink? I'll come in and sit down. Wouldn't hurt you to hear some of this. Oh, right. Can I sit on the bed, guys? Uh, yes, yes, of course. Now, when did it start, our noble profession? Well, different people say different times. A man called Benjamin Franklin burned books in 1790, and I've heard him call the first fireman. Yes. And uh, a government in Germany in the 1930s also burned books. So we've got a long tradition... But the important thing is that a fire service was really needed when things began to have mass. Mass? Mass appeal, mass consumption. Once, books could speak to a few people. They could afford to be different. The world was roomy. But the world got full of eyes and elbows. And books levelled down to a sort of paste-pudding norm. Do you understand? Yeah, yes, I think so. Everything got simplified and shortened. Classics in comic form, novels condensed into digests. Politics became one column, two sentences, a headline. Guy, are you comfortable like that? Yes, yes, thanks, I'm fine, really. Everything was whirled around and all time-wasting thought just fell away. It left more time for sport, for group spirit, for fun. No need to think. You can't be comfortable. Yes, I am. You're all hunched up. Let me straighten your pillow. Millie. But to come back to culture, the bigger your market, the less people you can afford to offend. Especially if you're trying to sell them things at the same time. Millie, please don't leave my pillow alone. I'm, look, I'm, I'm fine. Don't offend minorities. Stay away from controversy. Authors, <sighs> lock up your typewriters. Millie, what's this? Millie, what could be? What? Perhaps you would like to um, go out of the room, Mrs. Montag? You don't seem too comfortable. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you, yes. You all right now, Montag? Yes. Yes, yes, I'm fine. Please go on. I am, don't worry. You see, the public knows what it wants, Montag. Mm -hmm. The captionless comic books, the three-dimensional sex magazines. Y yes, but what about the firemen? Well, what could be more natural? For people to be happy, it's not a matter of all men born free and equal, but all men made the same. Each man in the image of every other. No dissent or disturbance. So a book is a loaded gun in the house next door. Burn it. Who knows who might be the target of the well-read man, the critic, the thinker, the intellectual. And so when houses were made fireproof all over the world, you were right about this, Montag. There was no need for the fireman for the old purpose. Mm -hmm. They were given a new job. Custodians of our peace of mind. Censors. Judges. And executioners. Fire. 
is bright, Montag, and fire is clean. There was a girl. Next door. She's gone now. My wife told me she was killed. She was different. How did she happen? Here and there, that's bound to occur. Clarice McClellan. You know? Well, we've got a record on her family. We've watched them all carefully. You can't get rid of all the uh, oddments and misfits in just a few years. But we're doing pretty well. She didn't want to know how a thing was done, but why? Embarrassing. Ask why too often and it makes you unhappy, very unhappy. Unhappiness spreads. The poor kid's better off dead. So she is dead? Luckily, they don't happen often. We know how to nip them in the bud. If you don't want a man worried politically, don't give him two sides of a question. Oh, better still, don't even give him one. If the government is inefficient, if it's spending billions on arms and cutting human rights, well, better that than the people worry about it. Give them comics and soap operas and quiz shows. Make the quiz shows clever enough, intelligent enough. The people will feel their thinking. They'll have a sense of motion while they're standing still. They'll be happy because they won't be asking any questions themselves. Don't give them any slippery stuff like philosophy or sociology or politics. And that way lies melancholy. Now remember, we're the, uh, the happiness boys. Huh? <laughs> you, me and the others. We stand alone against the small flood of conflicting thought, madness and melancholy and drear philosophy. I don't think you realise... How vital you are to our happy world, Montag. Well, I must be going. Lecture over. Oh, yes. Yes. Right. Oh, one last thing. At least once in his career, every farmer gets an itch. What do the books say, he wonders. <laughs> oh, to scratch that itch. Well, I've read a few books and they say nothing. You read them and you come away lost, unhappy. Uh, suppose... Well, suppose a fireman accidentally, um, you know, not really intending anything, takes a book home with him. Oh, a natural error. Curiosity. We don't get over-anxious. We let the fireman keep the book for 24 hours. If he hasn't burned it by then, uh, we come and burn it for him. Ah, I see. Well, Montag, will you take another shift today later on? Shall we see you tonight? Uh, well, I, I, I don't know. What? I'm, well, I don't know yet. I'll see how I feel. We'd certainly miss you if you didn't turn up. Now, get well and keep well. Now, I'll say goodbye to your wife on my way out. It's only steps from not going into work today to not going tomorrow and not going to the firehouse ever again. You're going to work tonight, aren't you? I don't know. I haven't decided. Right now, I've got an awful feeling I want to smash things and kill things. Go out in the car. Millie, I don't know what I might do. I might even start reading books. They put you in jail. Mildred. Oh. Mildred, for God's sake, listen. Is happiness so important? Aunt Beatty says it is, but I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I am, and I'm proud of I'm it. going to do something. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to do something. Oh, I'm tired of listening to you. Guy, Millie. turn it back on. Look, Millie, 
This is your house as well as mine. It's only fair I should tell you something now. I should have told you before, but I was hardly admitting it even to myself. Come with me. There's something you should see. Oh, please, leave me alone. Let me watch my program. Hi. What are you doing? Don't do that. The ventilator, you'll break it. I want you to see some things I've hidden during the past year. I don't know why, but, but I, well, now and again, from, from time to time... No. I've stolen them from the houses that I've burned. I'm sorry. I didn't really think. Looks like we're in this together. Quickly. Quickly, we've got to burn them. Take them to the incinerator. Perhaps they'll never know. No, no, Millie. No. Stop it! God! We can't burn these. I want to look at them. At least once. Then if all that the captain says is true, we can burn them together. You must help me. Oh, we're in such a mess, Millie. You and your, your pills and your endless television, me and my work, we're headed for the cliff, Millie. I don't want to go over. I need you so much now, I can't tell you. If you love me at all, you'll put up with this. Just for a day or two, then it'll be over. That woman the other night, you didn't see her. And Clarice, you never talked to her. I did. Now, men like Beatty are afraid of her. I want to find out why now. Ah. Where do we start? The captain will be back. He'll be back to burn the books and us. Let's see now what this is. Uh, it is computed that 11,000 persons have at several times suffered death rather than submit to break their eggs at the smaller end. What does that mean? It's rubbish. Many hundred large volumes have been published upon this controversy. See? See? Books. The captain was right. Oh, I suppose we must go back to the beginning if we want to understand it. Um, yes. My father had a small estate in Nottinghamshire. I was the third of five sons. He sent me to Emmanuel College in Cambridge. Montag read the long afternoon through while the cold November rain fell from the sky onto the quiet house, and Mildred peered in at the grey walls in the dead parlour. When I contemplate the natural dignity of man, when I feel, for nature has not been kind enough to me to blunt my feelings, for the honour and happiness of its character, I become irritated at the attempt to govern mankind by force and fraud, as if they were all knaves and fools, and can scarcely avoid disgust at those who are thus imposed upon. I wander through each chartered street near where the chartered Thames does flow, and mark in every face I meet marks of weakness, marks of woe. In every cry of every man, in every infant's cry of fear, in every voice, in every band, the mind-forged manacles I hear, how the chimney-sweepers cry every blackening church appalls. We should be wary, therefore, what persecution we raise against the living labours of public men, how we spill that seasoned life of man preserved and stored up in books, since we see a kind of homicide may thus be committed, sometimes a martyrdom, and if it extend to the whole impression, a kind of massacre. 
whereof the execution ends not in the slaying of an elemental life, but strikes at the ethereal and fifth essence, the breath of reason itself, slays an immortality rather than a life. Tell the precise moment a friendship is formed. As in filling a vessel drop by drop, so in a series of kindnesses there is a last one which makes the heart run over. Perhaps that's how it was with Clarice. She's dead, Guy. Let's talk about someone alive, for goodness sake. She was the first person in years I've really liked. She looked at me as if I counted. Oh, God, Guy. I don't understand a lot of what I've read. I need a teacher. But I know that some of this helps me to understand things. Understand my life. What Clarice meant. to the door voice. I've switched it off. Let's get back to work. No! I've had enough, that's it. Books aren't people. You read and I look around, there's no one here. Oh, the family is people. They tell me things. We laugh together. And the colours... Yes, yes, I know. If Captain Beatty knew all about those books, would he burn the house? Would he, Guy, tell me? Yes, yes, I expect he would. Oh, God, just think. He could destroy the parlour, the family. Perhaps call him and explain. He'll only burn the books. He'll leave everything else. If you won't... No, 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 I'm sorry. But he could destroy everything. Everything. I hate these books. I hate them. Why should I read? What for? What for? What for? You can ask that. <laughs> I saw the worst <gasps> snake in the world the other night. Dead, but not dead. You don't just see that snake. It's at the emergency hospital where they filed a report on all the junk the snake sucked out of you. Let me Would you like to go to that house that burned last night, rake through the ashes for the woman's bones? And what about Clarice? Where do we look for her? Huh? And God knows what the government's doing. No one cares. No one bothers to ask. Preparing for war, we know that. But do you know why? I don't. Maybe the books can help us get out of this cave. Stop us making the same damn mistakes. I don't hear the idiot bastards in your parlour talking about it. God, Millie, don't you see? An hour a day, two hours with these books! For God's sake! Yes, that's what I mean, drowning yourself in that ocean of colour and noise. Leave me alone, guy. Just please. You see this book? You see this book? It's the one I took from that burned house. It's the Bible. I don't want to know. It could be the last copy left in this part of the Beatty world. Beatty knows you've got that one at least, doesn't he? You've got to hand it back tonight. I don't think he knows which book I stole. I'm going to give him something else, a substitute. If he knows which one you stole, he'll know we've got a whole library I here. I don't care. I can't burn this. Do you know what you're doing? Lily, let me read you one more thing. You're us. What's more important, me or that stupid book? It's not from the Bible. It's one of the others. It's a poem I saw. A poem? This is no time for silly verses. You've either got to burn those books yourself or call Captain Beatty. Listen. Listen. The sea is calm tonight. The tide is full. The moon lies fair upon the straits. On the French coast... The listen. Listen. On the French coast, the light gleams and is gone. The cliffs of England stand glimmering and vast out in the tranquil bay. Come to the window, sweet is the night air, only from the long line of spray. Ah, love, let us be true to one another.
For the world, which seems to lie before us like a land of dreams, so various, so beautiful, so new, hath really neither joy, nor love, nor light, nor certitude, nor peace, nor help for pain. And we are here, as on a darkling plain, swept with confused alarms of struggle and flight, where ignorant armies clash by night. I'm going out now. There's something I've got to do. Is that Faber? Professor Faber? Who's speaking, please? It's Guy Montag, the fireman. I'm afraid I've got nothing to say. Now, don't ring off, Professor Faber. Now, you do remember me, don't you? We met about a year ago in a public park. I often sit in parks, Mr Montag. I meet a lot of people. A lot of firemen? You talked to me even though I told you what I was. You said you were a retired English professor and you spoke for quite a long time. And then you said some words, a, a sort of rhymeless poem. I really don't recall all this, Mr. Montag. Uh, now, if that's all you've got to Professor say... Professor Faber, how many copies of the Bible are left in this country? I don't know what you're talking about. Are there any copies left at all? Is this some kind of trap? How many copies of Shakespeare and Plato? None. You know that as well as I do, Mr. Montag. None. Open up, please. Professor Faber. Professor Faber. Montag. What do you want? Please, let me in. I haven't done anything. Look, I'm alone, for God's sake. I just want to talk. There's no one else out there hiding? There's only me. And I've got a copy of the Bible. Oh, well, if this is a trick, I suppose there's nothing I can do. Uh, well, come inside. Uh, look. The Bible? Yeah. So, that is true. Uh, come through here. Uh, this way. Looks like an electronics workshop in there. I didn't know. I don't think you need concern yourself with that, Mr. Montag. Uh, you'd uh, better sit down. No parlor walls TV, I see. No, just plaster. That, uh, the book, where did you I get... stole it. From a house we were sent to burn. That's very brave. No, no. My wife's only partly alive. A friend of mine's already dead. Someone who might have been a friend was burned less than 24 hours ago. You're the only one who might help me. Uh, may I see the book? Oh, sorry, of course. A uh, King James's Bible. It's been a long time. Oh. I'm not a religious man, but uh, it was written at a time when the English language was fresh and blossoming, like a garden. Oh, this language is so beautiful. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. 
Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow, or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail? Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, there were a lot of fine books once before we let them go. You better have your book back, Mr. Montague. You're looking at a coward. I saw the way things were going a long time ago. I, I said nothing. And now it's too late. Well, suppose you tell me why you came here. No one listens anymore. I just want someone to hear what I have to say. If I talk long enough, perhaps it'll all make sense. And also... Yes? I want you to teach me to understand what I read. How did you get shaken up like this? After all, you are a fireman. What knocked the torch out of your house? Oh, I don't know. We've got everything we need to be happy, but we're not. No, Something's no, no. missing. I looked around, and the only thing I knew were gone were all the books I'd burned in ten or twelve years, so I thought the books might help. It's not the books you need. But surely... It's something the books once held. The same thing could be in the parlour of Babylis today. The same detail and awareness could be projected through... Radio. I don't understand. It must be the books. No, no, no. It's not the books themselves. There's nothing magical in them. The magic is in what they say. How they stitch the patches of the universe together into one garment. Yes, yes, I think I understand that. The, the, the friend that's dead, I think she found it in other things. But what is it? It can't be pinned down or labelled, but I think there are three things missing. Quality, a texture, if you like. That book you've got there, it has details and features. That's why books are hated and feared. They show the pores in the face of life. Today we only want wax moon faces. Handsome, perhaps, beautiful in their way, but dead. So that's the first thing we need. Diversity, texture of information. Yeah, and the second? Leisure. But we've got so much of that, we don't know what to do with it. Time off. Time off, yes. But time to think. You can't think if you're playing some mindless game. You can't argue with parlour walls. All you can do is agree. Yes, so where do we go from here? Would the books help? Only if the third thing could be given back to us. The right to carry out actions based on what we've learnt. And I hardly think an old man and a fireman turned sour could do much this late in the game. Listen, I can get books. You'll be running a terrible risk. When you've nothing to lose, you run any risk you want. <laughs> there. There, you see, you said an interesting thing without having read it. This afternoon, I thought, if it turned out that books were worthwhile, we might get a press and print some extra copies. We? Yeah, you and I. Oh, no. But listen, listen, let me tell you my plan. If you insist on telling me, I must ask you to leave. Aren't you interested? Not in the kind of talk that might get me burned. Now, if the fire service itself could be destroyed, if you were to suggest that we print extra books and then have them hidden in firemen's houses, sow seeds of suspicion among the arsonists, bravo, I'd say. Well, plant the books, turn in an alarm and see the firemen's houses burned. Is that what you mean? Oh, Mr. Montague, I was joking. No, but would it be worth trying? I don't know. It's an insidious plan, if I do say so myself. 
The salamander devours its own tail. I can get a list of firemen's residences with some sort of underground we network. We can't trust people. Sad, but true. You and I and, well, who else would plant the book? Well, aren't there, aren't there um, professors like yourself, ex-writers, uh, historians? Well, dead or ancient. The older the better, they'll go unnoticed. Come on, you must know dozens. Oh, yes. Montag. Go home. Go to bed. Why waste your last hours racing round the squirrel cage denying you're a squirrel? Then you don't care anymore. I care so much I'm sick. Well, will you help me? Good night, Mr Fireman. Good night. <sighs> Professor Faber. Yes? Would you like to own this Bible? I'd give my right arm. The pages, they're so thin and fragile. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Idiot! What are you now, doing? Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast Mr. of the Montag, fields. do not do that! Shall I go on? No! Another 1,100 pages, one don't, by please, one? Please, don't do that! Who can stop me? I'm a fireman. I can burn you. You would. I could. The book. Don't tear it anymore. Don't you please make me feel any more tired. What do you want? I want you to teach me. All right. All right. Don't worry. We can tape it all together again. Montag, have you got any money? A little. Mm, four or five hundred. Why? Well, I I knew a man who did some printing for me uh, uh, ooh, uh, uh, 40 years ago. I think he'd help. We might print a few books. See what happens. Yes. You ought to go into work, Montag, into the firehouse. What? Just for now. You were thinking of quitting. Oh, yes, of course, it seemed the natural... Uh, go in. We don't want anyone suspicious before we even start. Yes, I suppose you're right. But I'm afraid. Afraid of what? Well, only a week ago, I pumped a kerosene hose and I thought, oh, God, what fun. I don't want to go back to that. I don't think you'll go back now. But the fire captain... You know, he's read enough so that he's got all the answers, or he seems to have. I'm afraid he'll talk me back. Montag, you've got to I be I need first. something to say to him. Now, please, can't you help me? I'm so afraid I'll drown if he gets to me again. I need a life jacket. Isn't there anything? Well, perhaps there is. Not a life jacket. A life line. Now, uh, <clears throat> come, uh, come through here. Now, this, this is my workshop. You, uh, you saw it on the way in. Oh, yes. I ought to have thought of it myself. Oh, dear, I'm getting to be an old fool. What is all this? Proof of my cowardice. When I ought to have been speaking out protesting, I retreated into a world of radio transmission electronics. It used to be my hobby. It became my life, my excuse for a life. I came in here and turned my back on the outside world. Ah, well, the world went on getting worse. That's right. But I became absorbed, quite skilful in what I did. I managed to design and make this. <sighs> Looks like a seashell radio. It's based on that, but it's something more. It listens. What? I can sit comfortably at home, warming my frightened bones, and hear and analyse your dangerous world. It's a two-way radio. Now, put it to your ear. Yes, that's right. Just like a seashell. You see, this is the main control. Now, uh, uh, go into the other room.
hear me? Yes. Yes, I can. And I can hear you. I'm the queen bee, safe in the hive, and you're the drone, the traveling ear. It's perfect. We could make more of these. We could put ears in different parts of the city, with various men listening and evaluating. Okay, you, you, you can take it out now. Ah, there. What do you think? If the drone dies, I'm safe at home. Maximum comfort, minimum risk. <laughs> Do you hate me for this electronic cowardice? Well, we each do what we have to do. Now, go to the firehouse. I'll be with you. We'll listen to your fire captain together. God knows he could be one of us. We'll give him a good show. Here. You keep the Bible. Thank you. I'll risk turning in a substitute. And then tomorrow... I'll see that unemployed printer. Yes, yes, that much I can do. Right, good night, Professor Faber. I'll see myself out. No, no, not good night. I'll be with you for the rest of the night. <laughs> a vinegar gnat tickling in your ear. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yes. Uh, good night and uh, good luck, Montague. Faber, are you there? Yes. I've just been to the automatic cash dispenser at the bank. I've got the money. Good. Faber. I'm here, Montague. I'm not thinking. What? I'm just doing as I'm told, like I've always done. You said get the money, and I did. I didn't think of it myself. When do I start to work things out on my own? You've already started by saying what you just said. Yes. You'll have to take me on faith. Ah, I took the others on faith. And look where we are headed. But I don't want to change sides just to be told what to do. There's no reason to change if I do that. Oh, why? Welcome back. You've got that book? Yes. Here. I don't want it. Throw it in the waste bin. So the crisis is past and the sheep returns to the fold. That's right. We're all sheep that have strayed at times. Truth is truth to the end of reckoning. We've cried. They are never alone that are accompanied by noble thoughts. Sweet food of sweetly uttered knowledge. Sir Philip Sidney, right? If you say so. But on the other hand, Words are like leaves, and where they most abound, much fruit of sense beneath is rarely found. Alexander Pope, what do you think of that? I don't know. Careful, Montague, careful. Or this, a little learning, 
is a dangerous thing. Drink deep or taste not the Pyrian spring. Their shallow draughts intoxicate the brain, and drinking largely sobers us again. Pope once more, where does that put you? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'll tell you. You had one wild taste, and for a while it made you a drunkard. Read a few lines, and off you go over the cliff. Ready to blow up the world, destroy authority. I know, I've been through it myself. I'm all right now. Stop blushing. You look worried. I had a dream about an hour ago. I lay down for a nap, and in this dream we got into a furious debate about books. You and I, Montag, you towered with rage, yelling quotations at me. I calmly parried every thrust. You quoted Dr. Johnson, knowledge is more equivalent to force. And I quoted him right back at you. He is no wise man who will quit a certainty for an uncertainty. Stick with the farm and Montag. All the rest is dreary chaos. And so it went on. We were throwing quotations at each other like rocks. You said truth will come to light. Murder will not be hid long. And I laughed back. Oh, God, he speaks only of his horse. And you yelled, this age thinks better of a gilded fool than a threadbare saint in wisdom school. And I whispered gently, the dignity of truth is lost with much protesting. And you shrieked at me, knowledge is power. And I replied with rare serenity, Ignorance is bliss. Calm, Montag, calm. Dear me, Montag, your pulse is racing. I've got you going, have I? Shall I talk some more? Hold on, he's muddying the water. What traitors books can be. You think they're on your side and they turn on you. At the very end of the dream, I came along in the far wagon and said, going my way, and you got in, and we drove back to the far station in silence and at peace. I say, too, in the next few hours, and you'll have to judge. You'll have to make your decision which way to move. Your decision, Montag. Not mine, not the captain's. Are you thinking about it, Montag? Yes. Yes, I am. Don't forget, you decide. Well, uh, I think it's about time. Ah, now wait, wait. There's no rush, Montag. Uh, cut off the alarm, will you? Stoneman can get the engine ready. We'll join him in a moment. Now, let me check the teletype to see where we're going. Okay. How do you feel, Montag? I'll be all right. You'll be fine. Now, this is a rather special case. So, let's go. Here we go to keep the world happy, Montag. Faber. I can't do it. I can't go on doing things. I can't. They'll do it anyway, Montag, even without you. Yes, I know. Oh, for God's sake. What's that, Montag? Saying your prayers? They must suspend. Now, we've arrived. Are you going to hide in the back there, or are you coming to do your job? Okay, Captain. I'm coming. God. Something the matter, Montag? It's my house. Lights flicked on and house doors opened all down the street. The carnival was setting up. Montag and Beatty stared, one with disbelief, the other with dry satisfaction at the house before them. This ring in which the torches would be juggled, the fire eaten. So this is it. 
Didn't I hint enough when I sent the hound out here? Millie. What? Mildred, my wife. Where is she? You know the procedure. She was taken away by the police. Don't worry. She's innocent. Nothing will happen to her. <laughs> this is Faber. What's happening? What's happening? That's right. All the windows. Those two. You need good cross ventilation if it's going to burn well. This is happening to me. What a surprise. Ochak, can't you get away? Can't you run? Did you think you were immune, Montag, from all the consequences of your actions? What is it about fire that's so lovely that draws us to it? If we let it, it would burn our lifetimes out. Perpetual motion. But its real beauty is that it destroys responsibility and consequences. A problem gets too burdensome into the furnace with it. Now, Montag... You're a burden. And the fire will lift you off my shoulders. Quick, clean, sure. Nothing to rot later. Look at your books now. Pathetic. Not worth bothering with. Nothing but black, yellow pages, raveled binding. OK, stone man! You can stand back now! You've done enough! I want you to do this one all by yourself, Montag. Not with uh, kerosene and a match, but piecework with a flamethrower. Your mess, you clean it up. Montag, run, run for God's sake. I can't, because of the hound. What's that? Oh, yes, the mechanical hound. It's somewhere in the neighbourhood, isn't it? And it doesn't like you, does it, Montag? So don't try anything. You ready? Ready. The flames leapt out to lap at the books and knock them against the wall. The twin beds went up in a great simmering whisper with more heat and passion than Montag would have supposed them to contain. He wanted to change everything. Everything that showed that he had lived here in this empty house with this strange woman who had gone and quite forgotten him already. And as before, it was good to burn. He felt himself gush out in the fire, snatch, rend, rip in half with flame, and put away the senseless problem. Fire was best for everything. And then he came into the parlour where the great idiot monsters lay asleep with their white thoughts. He shot a bolt of flame at each of the three blank walls and the vacuum hissed out at him an empty, senseless scream. The fireproof plastic shell was cut wide and the house began to shudder with flame. When you're quite finished, Montag, you're under arrest. Was it my wife who turned in the alarm? Who else? Give a man a few lines of verse and he thinks he's lord of all creation. You think he can walk on water with your books? Well, the Captain, world... Captain, please, no more talk. I'm so tired. Can we get it over with? You idiot! You damned fool! It won't be over for a long time yet. Why did you really do it? Montag, this is Faber. What's happening? What's going on? Come on! Don't make it hard! What? What's that? You listening to a seashell, Montag? Montag, are you all right? Montag! Montag! Well, some kind of radio receiver. I saw your head tilt listening. I thought it was a seashell. No, give me that back. Don't be silly. We'll trace the frequency and uh, drop in on your friend. No. Now, don't maybe use this. Just give it me back. Oh, now, God. No, I've burned enough for one night. 
enough for a lifetime, and I don't want to burn you too. Well, that's one way to get an audience at the end of a flamethrower. <laughs> What's it to be this time, you fumbling snob? Shakespeare? There is no terror, Cassius, in your threats, for I am armed so strong in honesty that they pass me by as an idle wind, which I respect not. How's that? Now, please, don't. Go ahead, you, you second-hand literateur. Burn me! Get back. Captain, don't. You put down that flamethrower, guy! Ah! Oh, God. Monta. What have you done? Stoneman, keep still. Now turn around. Montag turned, and the mechanical hound was there, half across the lawn, moving with such drifting ease that it was like a single solid cloud of black-grey smoke blown at him in silence. It made a last great leap into the air, the spidered legs reaching, the procane needle snapping out its gleaming, angry tooth. And Montag caught it in a bloom of fire, a searing blossom of yellow and blue and orange that burst its metal bones and blew out its electronic interior. He watched it fiddle the air and die. And now he ran down the alley between the blind black houses, stumbling into the dark. Faber! Faber! Thank God. I never thought you'd make it. Come in. He wanted to die. He just stood there. He didn't try to save himself. He needled me to do what I did. Uh, here, uh, drink this. Uh, if things had been different, I think he might have been one of us. Uh, what are your plans now? To keep running. Well, where? I've no idea. I've not had time to think. Except... I want you to have this money. Oh, but... Uh, I might be dead by tomorrow. Use it in any way you think might help. OK. You'd better head for the river, if you can. Uh, follow along it and then hit the old rail tracks going into the country. Oh, yes, yes, I've heard of them. They're not used anymore, of course, but the rails are still there. They say there's a lot of old writers and teachers on the tracks between here and the coast. Most of them are wanted in the city. <sighs> and they survive? I, I suppose so. The government's never considered them enough of a threat to go out and track them down. How do you know about this? I thought of joining them a few years back. <laughs> I didn't have the courage then. What are your plans? I'm going south to see that retired printer I told you about. Uh, this is uh, his address. Uh, you can contact me there. Ah, right. Mm. Oh, well, uh, pass me that box, please. Uh, it's, uh, thank you, it's a television set, just six inches square. Homemade. I wanted something I could blot out with my hand. Montag. M-O-N-T-A-G. Guy Montag, the renegade fireman, is still running. Police helicopters are up and a new mechanical hand has been brought in from another district. Oh, my God. What? Never since its first use in tracking quarry has this incredible invention made a mistake. And tonight, this network is proud to have the opportunity of following the hound by camera helicopter right up to the final moment of the kill. Well, give me some more whiskey, will you? And here it is, landing at the site of the burning. I'd better go. Wait, wait. There's uh, one last thing. What is it? There's not much time. Uh, th that Bible. I, I wanted to survive. 
I suppose I should keep it. I stand a better chance. Where is it? Uh, here. Tear it apart. What? Oh, no, 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 no. You keep some and I'll keep some. That way at least part of it should get through. Oh, but no. Look, what did I... you tell me? It's not the books themselves that matter. It's what the books contain. You're learning. You're learning very fast. Now, you keep most of it. Um, give me some of the parts you read to me earlier on tonight. Uh, look, uh, here. I, I wrap it in this for uh, when you get to the river. Hmm? Uh, good luck. You too, Professor. I'll be seeing you. Montag ran very fast away from the house down towards the river. He could feel the hound, like autumn, come cold and dry and swift. A wind that didn't stir grass or jar windows or disturb the fallen leaves as it passed. The hound did not touch the world. It carried its silence with it, so you could feel the silence building up a pressure behind you all across town. Montag felt the pressure rising and ran. Finally, he reached the river. He touched it, just to be sure it was real, waded in and ducked down under. And then, holding the torn and plastic-wrapped Bible to his chest, he walked out into the river until there was no bottom and he was swept away in the dark. Montag travelled in the flow of water for a long time, past farms and woods and fields. He left the river and walked through the warm night, breathing in the odours of the land. He waded through the autumn leaves, another dry river smelling strangely of cinnamon and dust. He stumbled, and beneath the leaves, in the middle of the strangeness, a familiarity, the steel tracks of the railway. And as he walked along the tracks, he was surprised how certain he suddenly was of a single fact he could not prove. Once, long ago, Clarisse had walked here, where he was walking now. Half an hour later, cold and moving carefully on the tracks, he saw the fire. It's all right. You can come out now. Come on. You're welcome here. Who are you? Introductions in a minute. Come up to the fire. Sit down. You can put that bundle down if you want to. We won't steal uh, it. No, no, no thanks. I'll keep hold of it. Please yourself. Would you like some coffee? Uh, thanks. Thank you very much. We've been watching the chase, Mr. Montag. What? We've got a battery television. Over there. We were rather worried. <sighs> so was I. No, I mean, we thought we could tell when you hit the river, but the helicopter swung back into the town. The hunt's still on. What? We're going in the other direction. What? But what? I, I don't... Let's go and have a look. Now then. There's something funny going on. The chase for the renegade fireman nears his end. Oh, God. Wait. Police helicopters are converging on Avenue 87 and Elm Park Road. But, but I don't understand. That miracle of technology, the mechanical hand, has tracked its quarry right across the city. And now... Finally, Guy Montag, the murderer and dissident, who tried to introduce foul and subversive... We don't have to listen to all that. We'll just watch the picture. But I still don't see. Don't you? They lost you at the river, but they can't admit they failed. The show's got to have a snap ending or they lose viewers. Now, watch. 
It's going to end in the next few minutes. But how? I mean, I'm here. Watch. See how the camera's coming in, building the scene? Suspense. Long shot. That's the victim, there. At the end of the street. He looks like he's simply out for a stroll. Oh, no. Probably some harmless old man the police have had their eyes on for years. An insomniac, perhaps. Someone who just likes to walk at night and smell the air. They're all on file. Very useful information to have at certain times. Look. It's the hound. Oh. Oh. Well, that's that. Another lesson to anyone who's thinking of stepping out of line. Turn up the sound for a moment. The hunt is over. The fireman Guy Montag lies slain. His catalogue of crimes against society avenged by this infallible instrument of justice, the mechanical hound. And now, before the action replays, we'll take a short break for some commercials. They didn't show the man's face. Did you notice? Welcome back from the dead, Montag. I think it's time for some introductions. This is John Simmons. How do you do? How do you do? You might have known his name 40 years ago. He was a fine novelist. Weren't you, John? <laughs> Not bad. You might even have burned some of my books. Oh, uh, well, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I mean... Don't worry, Mr. Montag. Things have changed. You've changed. I'm Bob Granger. I used to be a professor of philosophy. Ethics. It's an ancient study now. I've written one or two books. We'll meet the others in the group over the next day or so. They're out at the moment, looking for you. Writers and teachers, mostly. Seven of us, in all. Eight. Now. If you'll join us, Montag. Uh, well, thank you, but I don't belong with you. I bring you trouble. We're used to that. Do you want to join us, Montag? Yes, yes. Yes, I think I do. What have you got to offer? This... Your precious and mysterious package, yes. I wondered about that. What is it? Part of the Bible. The King James Bible. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. Oh. What's wrong? Isn't that all right? It's wonderful. Perfect. Do we have those books? Uh, I don't think so. You're going to have to take care of yourself, Montag. Guard your health. You're going to become Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song what, of Solomon. What do you mean? Someday, Montag. Would you like to read Plato's Republic? Well, yes, 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 of course. I am the Republic. Would you like to read William Blake? Mr. Simmons is Blake. How do you do? Uh, uh, hello, but... In our group, we've got novels by Dickens, poems by Keats and Dunn and Wordsworth and Pope, Swift's essays, plays by Aristophanes and Brecht. We're also Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. <laughs> it can't be. It is. We're book burners, too. What? We read the books and burnt them. Afraid they'd be found. Microfilming was no good. Anything material can be destroyed. They're all here. In our heads. All across the country, on the tracks, in the hills. Warming their hands over fires like this. Drinking coffee out of tin mugs. Literature and history. Philosophy and law. Byron and St. Paul. Milton, Machiavelli. Tom Paine. Mm. Tolstoy and Marx. 
fragments shored against the ruins of civilization. What do you think, Montag? It's oh, amazing. But but I could I could never what whole books I could never remember. Oh yes, it's not so difficult. We've trained our memories. We can train yours. At the moment, we've got a horrible job. We're waiting for the end. What do you mean? Things can't go on. You know what it's like in the cities. That uh, that illness, whatever it is, it's uh, it's terminal. I'm not sure what's going to end it. Mass nervous breakdown, insurrection, or or war, and then. If there's anything left. Some day, some year, the books can be written again. It's worth doing. Oh, what should I do now? I think perhaps you should read a little before you go to sleep. Don't you? Turn from him that he may rest. Till he shall accomplish as a hireling his day, for there is hope of a tree if it be cut down that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud, and bring forth boughs, like a plant. Montag. Hmm. Have this coffee. Thanks. When you've read that, yes, you can burn it, and it's the last book you'll ever have to burn. In Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury, dramatised for radio by Gregory Evans, you heard Susan Dowdle, Michael Simkins, Peter Miles, Alan Dudley, Pamela Salem, Spencer Banks and Jonathan Newth, with Hugh Dixon, Peter Tuddenham, Patience Tomlinson and Michael Pennington. The director was Brian Miller. <laughs>